I invite you now to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3 through 9 in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So a, a columnist for the New York Times invited everyone this week to write in and just share, you know, how they were doing with everything going on. And I was struck by the letter that Barbara Comstock from Ashland, Oregon wrote. Uh, she lost her husband to cancer next summer. And so she's been grieving that and dealing with, with that significant loss. And this, this ordeal has come right on the top of, of all of that. So, you know, for nine months, she's been able to talk with her friends and family, tell stories about her husband uh, who's passed away, and, you know, sort of share some of that grief. But all of that has been taken away, and her friends are, you know, gone, at least for the time being. And... That's something that's hit me as well, because for some of us, daily life is a struggle. You know, just getting by and dealing with everything that we, that we have to deal with. We have a lot of issues that we're wrestling with. And then on top of that comes this disruption. You know, this, this thing that has interrupted all of our lives. And I, you know, I begin this sermon from a place of uh, you know, sadness and frustration and annoyance and all these things we're feeling. But as we go through, we're going to see, you know, that Easter is about one thing, that it's about hope, that it's about the resurrection, that it's about life after death, that it's about Jesus conquering the grave. And that is what God's word is telling us this morning, that God can use what we're going through right now. That God can use our suffering to, to grow us, to mature us in the faith, to deepen us, um, to help us to realize that, you know, God's the only one that can satisfy us. He's the one that we were born for. He uses our suffering. He uses our trials to 
make us rely on him. Not to rely on ourselves anymore, like, like Paul says. C.S. Lewis can say it better than me. He says that pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Pain is God's megaphone. Here's the, here's the whole quote in context. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So there's this invitation to not let this moment pass us by, but to listen to God in our pain. To, you know, whatever we're feeling right now, to to listen to him. Because things, it's not going to last forever. Things are going to go back to, like, a new normal. But this is an opportunity for God to change us, for us to listen to him, for him to transform us and deepen our faith. God uses our suffering and uses the trials of our life to make us rely on him. Verse 9 says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God can use our sufferings. So this morning, we are going to look at the pain that Paul experienced, the pain that we are experiencing, the grace that was given to Paul, and the grace that's given to us. The pain that Paul had, the pain that we have, the grace that Paul received, and the grace that we can receive as well. So uh, first, let's, let's think about Paul's, Paul's suffering. He, he's clearly suffering. I mean, he says he's despairing, to, uh, you know, despairing of life. He didn't want to live anymore. He uses words like suffering, distress, despair, the sentence of death. Um, you know, that was a legal term that meant a verdict had been handed down, that he was basically, that he was on death row. He was just waiting to die. And the word that he uses for suffering here, it's external forces and things going on out there as well as mental stress and mental anguish. So there was all these things kind of going on outside of him, but there was the struggle that he faced of how do I keep hope alive in this circumstance? Um, Externally, he mentions the troubles we had in Asia. And he doesn't say a lot about that, either here or you know, in the rest of 2 Corinthians. But what we do know is that he was suffering in Asia because of the gospel. Because he wanted to reach people that had never heard about Jesus. And what was... What was the gospel? What was this message that was so important that Paul was willing to go through all these hardships, that Paul was willing to put his life on the line for it? This gospel was the Easter message, the message that Christ has risen from the dead, that he has defeated death and sin and hell, that he has taken our guilt and our shame and our regrets upon himself 
on Good Friday. He's taken them to the cross and he's defeated them. So in this great exchange, we receive everything that Christ receives as a son. Remember last week when we talked about that tracing paper? That's part of what Easter has done. That Christ has been resurrected. He's defeated death. And so that means that I'm going to be resurrected. That you're going to be resurrected if you trust in him. Jesus is the first fruit of what is coming. That was the message that Paul was willing to die for. That he was willing to go through all this turmoil, externally, internally, to get that message out to people. And that, you know, the fact that Jesus has been risen from the grave, that he's defeated death, that is what makes Easter the greatest day of the year. I mean, this is a weird, this is a weird Easter, let's be honest. The churches aren't packed. But it's still the best day of the year because none of this is possible without the resurrection. Everything that Paul went through was worth it to him because the gospel is good news to all who believe. Paul went through that, that agony where he despaired of life. He went through all these things externally, mentally, and he felt burnt out, he felt overwhelmed, he felt stressed. So we can say that, you know, in short, he's feeling a lot like many of us are feeling today, this Easter. Uh, we are suffering also. We're suffering under the weight of this coronavirus uh, we, we might have the virus, we might have another kind of sickness, and it's, it's scary. And uh, the whole thing is upsetting and annoying because the world has been shut down. And we have fears. Many of us are afraid about the future. Um, you know, our jobs are in jeopardy, our businesses are in trouble. And these are difficult things, they're real, they're real troubles. We have this external suffering and this mental anguish that Paul talked about. There is, there is loss. There's loss of people. There's loss of plans. There's loss of pay. We, uh, we, we might lose people that, uh, that we love. Or we've already lost them. You know, I've had a couple friends and neighbors uh, that had, you know, that passed away, not because of the virus, but just because of other things. And there can't even be a crowd at their funeral. It's so sad. So we grieve that. We, we grieve that these plans, these hopes that we had, these things that we were looking forward to are being taken away. We grieve the, you know, the loss of, um, of pay, of steady employment, uh, all these sorts of things. And there is loss and there is grief and there's going to be, you know, PTSD in the months that come as we think about everything that happened. We might find it extremely difficult to just to sit and be in this season. And, you know, not get overwhelmed by that. To be reflective, to take it all in. 
Um, somebody asked me, you know, are you feeling restless? And then they sort of answered their own question. They said, well, isn't everyone, isn't everyone feeling restless right now? And yet, I want to challenge you not to ask the question, well, when are things going to get back to normal? But I want to say, you know, to myself and to all of you, what a moment. You know, God is waking us up. God is using the pain. God has his megaphone out. And he's trying to rouse us. And he's trying to say, stop relying on yourself. Stop relying on your good works or your intellect or who you are or where you were born and rely on God. God is saying, you know, you can't solve all your own problems, but I, I've got the whole world in my hands. I'm still in control. Jesus is still on the throne. And there's all kinds of questions that go through our minds. You know, what I've been thinking about is, how am I going to look back on this at the end of my life? Am I going to look back and say, oh, that was just a blip on the radar and everything kind of went back to normal and everything was just sort of fine? Or am I going to say, God got my attention. God was, was rousing me through this. God was showing me all the ways that I was trusting in myself. All the things I needed to hand over to him and say, Jesus, I trust you with this. I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to look to you like I never have before. Am I going to look back on the end of my life and say, God changed my life through that process. He spoke to me. And Easter 2020 was different than any other because of this bad thing. This bad thing that Jesus turned into something good. So, into that world, into all the stress and the anxiety, everything that Paul was going through, everything that we're going through, comes Easter. Easter comes, the message of Easter. Not, you know, the bunny, the cute little outfits, all the sentimental trappings of Easter, but the actual message of Easter, resurrection. Life after death. Hope. Here are five of the most important words in the English language. God who raises the dead. God who raises the dead. That's what Easter is all about. Jesus' resurrection was greater than death. It's greater than the final enemy. And it's it's. Jesus' resurrection, but our resurrection is coming too. Your resurrection is coming if you trust in Christ. We don't have to fear the grave. We don't have to fear anything in this life because there is life after death. That it's, it's not a metaphor. It's not, uh, it actually happened. Jesus really did rise from the dead. How else do you explain you know, these 11 uneducated disciples, you know, fishermen and tradesmen, they had that message. They saw the resurrected Christ and they spread the message. And today, over 2 billion people are worshiping Jesus on this Easter morning. 
they didn't, these apostles, they didn't risk their life for a metaphor or for a secret pact they had made or something like that. They saw Jesus alive, back from the dead, and they spread that message. Easter means that there is hope for anything that we're going through, for any circumstance we can find ourselves in. It means it's all true. Forgiveness, grace, love, joy, peace, the new heavens and the new earth, um, a future in which every eye will be wiped away, a future in which every sickness, every virus will be healed. All of that is coming true because of Easter. Because no, nothing, the worst that the world can throw at us, cannot shake God, cannot shake the Creator, the one who knows the end of the story. Paul is saying this really plainly. He's saying, I relied on myself. I lived that way for a long time. In other places in his letters, he talks about, you know, what a great pedigree he had. And he's, um, you know, sort of bragging to make a point that I used to live like that. I used to say I was born into the right family. I had the right education. I was zealous for the law. But once he met Jesus, he said that all of that, all of his background, all of his education, all of his training, all his desire to you know, live right and be perfect, all of it was rubbish compared to Jesus. He said once you meet Jesus, you realize that trusting in all those other things, it gets you nowhere. Um, anything that the world can offer us is crap compared to Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. When we rely on ourselves, when we rely on all that kind of stuff, we're, we're exposed. We're unsafe. And yet, then there's this other option. There's this other option. Again, those five words. God who raises the dead. We can trust in him. We can rely on him to give us hope to explain our circumstances, to, to kind of root our story in something bigger. Um, and then we're safe. We're safe because um, life doesn't become perfect, but we're given the tools to persevere. We know that our story is part of a much, much bigger story. We know that Jesus can bring something beautiful out of the brokenness, out of what we're going through because of Good Friday and Easter, because they, they took Jesus and they, they abused him and they put him on a cross and, and they killed an innocent man. They did this terrible, terrible thing. And yet, God brought good out of it. He brought resurrection out of it. He brought new life. We have the opportunity to use the storm that we're going through to to draw near to Christ, to receive his grace, to root ourselves in, in him. And if God did that for, for Paul, if God showed him that even when we despair of life, we can rely on God, he can do it for us as well. 
Paul talked a lot about suffering, but he also talked a lot about comfort. You know, he talks about comfort nine times in these short few verses. And the word that he uses is paraclete. It's the same word that Jesus used when he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the paraclete that's going to be with you, that's going to show you what your only comfort in life and in death is, that's going to remind you of everything that Jesus has said so that when you're suffering, you can endure. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the power of resurrection, the power of Jesus. One of my favorite songs, and I'll close with this, one of my favorite songs is uh, by Leonard Cohen. It's called Hallelujah. And I think, um, you know, this year, more than any other year, is a time to live into the reality that he writes about in this song, that, you know, it's a cold and a broken hallelujah, but it's still hallelujah. It's still King David saying, praise the Lord, bringing everything that he is to him. It's saying, it's saying hallelujah. It's bringing all of ourselves to him. Everything that we're going through, all of our fears and doubts, and still at the end of the day saying hallelujah. Um, there's a verse in the original song that a lot of people don't know because it's not in some of the more famous versions, but Leonard Cohen wrote, there's a blaze of light in every word. It doesn't matter which you heard, the holy or the broken hallelujah. And then hallelujah, hallelujah. And if we were all here together, we could sing it. But uh, music journalist Alan Light, he wrote this. A blaze of light in every word. That's an amazing line. Every word, holy or broken. That's the point of the song. Like the Bible heroes, we will be hurt, tested, and challenged. Love will break our hearts. Music will offer solace that we may or may not hear. We will be faced with joy and with pain. But Cohen is telling us, don't surrender to despair. Critics may have focused on the gloom and doom of his lyrics, but this is his offering of hope and perseverance in the face of a cruel world, holy or broken, there is still hallelujah. It's cold and it's broken, but it's still hallelujah. It's still praise the Lord. It's honest, it's real. In the midst of a pandemic, there's still hallelujah. In the midst of a pandemic, Jesus has risen from the grave. He's making us new. The message is still true. And that, that truth that Jesus has risen from the dead is the foundation of my life. And I hope it's of yours as well. Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. A happy Easter, friends. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have risen from the dead. That you are alive. That you sit at the right hand of God the Father. And that you rule and reign this whole creation and even our lives. Jesus, give us your Easter joy 
this year especially, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what we're going through, give us that joy, give us that peace, give us reminders of your power. We ask this all in the name of the risen Lord. Amen.